Many people think they don't do any public speaking at work. Most are wrong. Before we look at some common examples, let me share that we've got some insights on creating elevated pitches, also known as networking pitches, further in this discussion. So stick around and hear why everyone, and that includes you, needs one and what you should include. Hey guys, I'm founder of AP Now, and I'm joined by a man who has got a lot of experience public speaking to both the AP and the accounting community. Jamie Radford is the CEO of the AP Association. There's a link to his organization in the show notes below. In addition to joining me in this discussion, we're also going to share some tips on creating your elevator pitch. Since most of our audience isn't selling a product, we also call it a networking pitch. This is the first talk in a series of five for the week as we are celebrating our wonderful community during AP Appreciation Week. Jamie, thanks for joining me to do this talk. First of all, thank you so much for having me. Look, I love celebrating AP Week. So thank you for the invite and I'm looking forward to today's session. Thank you. So I thought at a minimum, most people will be making Zoom calls or be involved on Zoom calls and will be involved, obviously, in staff meetings and also presentations to management, either for new technology, a reorganization of the department or the function, or having to make a presentation to their board of directors. And I know I've had to do a presentation to the board of directors twice. How about you, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely, Mary, at different levels. So, you know, I've been fortunate to be a board member, but also I remember the days when I was a sort of a middle manager and I had to step up for that very first time and give that board presentation. Scary, but doable. Yeah. <laughs> I had to do my first one as part of a team effort. The treasurer was taking us all up and I was the newest person. I'd probably been working. I probably was out of college, maybe three years. And I was terrified. I was so terrified that thankfully we had a good board. And one of the board members kept saying to me, calm down, honey, calm down. <laughs> Nobody asked me anything great. So the point being that eventually all of you will probably be called upon to make a presentation, even though you may think that that's not your job. So Jamie, we, I know we've got a list of tips for people who are getting ready to make these presentations, Zoom calls, staff meetings. And I thought I would confess that I have broken most or all of these. <laughs> so <laughs> how about you? Yeah, look, Mary, I've got them in front of me. And I can tell you, not only I broke them, I broke them many times over. But so that's, that's what, and, an expert's the person that's made all the mistakes and keeps trying to improve themselves. That's what I always say. Yeah. Okay. So let's start with, let's start talking about Zoom. Okay. So I think when, with Zoom, and I think we've come a long way, probably still have a long way to go, at least uh, present company, at least me. But when you think about making a Zoom call or participating in a Zoom meeting, it's not only about what they hear, but it's also what they see. And that can be what you're wearing, but also your background. I can remember being horrified seeing some guy on a Zoom call with an unmade bed in the background. Yeah, look, Mary, absolutely spot on. Again, look, my background, background is corporate. You know, I've got a shirt on. And it's really important because it, it depends on the message you're trying to get, get across. If, like this, is going out to a whole bunch of accounts power professionals, if I'm sitting on the bed, I've got the dog behind me and I've got a, a series of you know, uneaten pizza boxes, guess what? They're not listening to me. Absolutely great tip, first one. Right. So then I also wanted to talk a little bit about the value of mute. They can still see you. They can still hear what's going on. So be careful if you're going to try and multitask, play games, etc. Sometimes that can come across. 
Yeah, and, and I think not only the mute thing, Mary, so I think it's exceptional, but also try not to do two or three things at the same time. You know, we all, we've all got mobile phones, you know, but actually, if, if I'm paying attention to you, Mary, and I'm not on mute and I'm on a mobile phone, I'm not listening actively. So oh, right. mute and mobile phones, in my opinion, cut. Yeah, and that you bring up a good point about active listening. So this next one is more for me than you. I know, Jamie, you never break this rule. But you have to remember to look at the camera and not the screen. So right now, my camera is a little off. So even though I'm talking to Jamie, and right now, hopefully, I'm looking him right in the eye, really, for me to look for, at him, I have to go like this. Now I'm looking at Jamie. And so I have to try and remember not to do that. Do you ever have that, that problem, or is that a Mary problem? Did you know, Mary, I used to, but a coach of mine, somebody you know, Brad, Brad Burson, yeah. mm -hmm. he told me basically, he said, wherever your camera is, get yourself a pair of little eyes. On a, on a sticky note, put them either side and look at the eyes. So when right. I'm looking at you, I'm actually looking at a set of eyes. So that's why I'm looking as though I'm giving you direct eye contact. Expert. Uh, unlike me, who's now really looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> And so then one other thing I wanted to talk about, which it's gotten better, but I know I was awful at this in the beginning, was lighting. I used to always look like I was in the witness protection program because <laughs> I have a very bright office, but the light was behind me. You have never had that problem in all our talks. Yeah, Mary, and it's, it's what you just said. You know, I made the error very early on to put the light behind me. So I used to sit with the window behind me thinking that the light would then beam into me. Yeah, actually. It's the light in your face. So you want the dark behind you and the light in your face. It's basic things, but if you, you've got to be in it to know how to do these things. So yeah, lighting is really important. Yeah. I know my son has called me on one or two occasions when he's had a really important call. And he's like, Mark, can you get on Zoom and see how I look? And I'll get on. And can you see the, the kitchen in the background? <laughs> but it, it's stupid stuff like that that you really have to do. Okay. So you're really good at this. I'm not so good. Be careful about eating or drinking. If you're on mute, that's one thing. But if you're not, they might hear you slurping or, God forbid, shoving food in your mouth. Not a good image again. Yeah, look, Mary, absolutely. Again, it's, you know, if you were in an office, if you imagine if you were presenting to the board and, you know, you're there, you're nervous anyway, and then suddenly you get a hamburger out and a, and a, <laughs> <laughs> and you know, and have a ketchup right on me. <laughs> Just wouldn't do it. So, you know, think of it as though if you're presenting, whether you're on Zoom or in a virtual or whatever, think of it as that. The message you're going to get, you want to attract the, their attention. So treat it as though you're in a boardroom, you know, so you're not drinking and slurping and letting things fall down. So I like to, and, and, you know, there's different schools of thoughts on this and people do it differently. And this is one place where Jamie and I are very different. And he's laughing at me because he's holding up my notes. But I always like to say, be prepared, have an outline, which might be a slide deck, a PowerPoint. Now, I'm not saying put all your information on a slide deck. In fact, I'm going to tell you just the opposite. I like to think of the slide deck as kind of an outline so I can make sure I hit all my points. But even if you don't have that, if you're going to get on a Zoom call and there's some points you want to make, just write them on the back of an envelope. Because otherwise, if you're like me, you'll get off and you'll say, oh, I didn't mention whatever. Now, you're yeah, better at this than me. Mary, look, yeah, I mean, you're, you're, you are the consummate you know, professional when it comes to preparing notes. You know I'm completely opposite. Not that I make it up as I go along, but I sort of do. But you are right. You know, if I, I live my life on bullet points. So effectively, if I've got something I want to say, do, I'll make a series of bullet points because they're the important points to me 
So I'm going to make sure I then put those across. So I am not a notes person, but I'm definitely an actionable points person. Right. Good. Good. So moving on a little bit, what I like to tell people is, especially when you're new, sometimes people are afraid to speak up. But if you're in a meeting and you have something to say, either a thoughtful question or a point to add, speak up. I know a lot of times people are hesitant, myself included, to speak up, but really speak up because you've got a lot of good input to share with your team. Yeah, you're right, Mary. And just having the confidence to do that. And again, if you're a manager or a leader and you've got a team of people, encourage people to speak up. Allow enough time between people. Make sure that everybody's getting their voice. To get the confidence you know you can tell by my accent i'm from the uk but i'm not afraid to go and voice my opinion be confident get your opinion heard so the converse of that and i like to also try and think about this in social situations and this is one that i might violate sometimes is don't be a conversation hog don't have something to say about everything and i like to tell people just general rule of thumb and you've got to adjust this accordingly. But if you're going to a meeting and there are 10 people there and you're all kind of equals, then you speak a tenth of the time. So, Jamie, you have to have your half now. Yeah, I mean, look, Mary, you, you, and I'll be honest, you are an absolute expert at this. You know, we've been on calls where we've had 100, when 100 influencers. And I'll be honest, everybody wants to hear Mary Schaefer. But actually, you sit back, you give your opinion when it's, when it's heard, and you give everybody the opportunity to talk, whether I'm the host or whoever's the host. So actually not being a hoggy is an absolute great bit of advice, but at the same time, balance. Make sure you're still getting your point, your point across. Right, right. Now, of course, if your manager or the CFO is there and they've got something to share, they get a larger percentage of the time, but that's life, right? So yeah. remember, you have a contribution to make. Now, many people, especially us in Accounts Payable, experience what's called imposter syndrome. They think that they don't really belong there, but you do. And you're there, you're at that meeting, you were invited to that meeting, that Zoom call, whatever it is, because management believes you have something to add. So prove them right. Yeah, look, Mary, imposter syndrome is a real thing. You know, I know. And, and the AP audience generally suffer from this because they feel that they're not valued. They feel their opinions not, not valued to be heard. Look, if anybody needs to give you the permission to go and get your vote heard, We've got two experts right. here, Mary and Jamie. We're telling you that go and get your opinion heard. Imposter syndrome doesn't doesn't cut it in the world of accounts payable. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Remember, you're there because they you have they think you have something to add. So prove them right. So let's talk about if you're new and you're going to the your first meeting or two, then you might want to lay back and hold off, but not necessarily. If you have something meaningful to add, a good question, speak up. Because if you're new and most of the other people in the room don't know you, they're looking at you, they're measuring you. So this is a perfect opportunity to make a great, impactful first impression. Yeah, Mary, and again, you and I have done this many times over in our careers, no doubt. But again, and the other thing I'd say is in the world of accounts payable, there's no such thing as a dumb question. The question right. that you really want to ask and actually make your opinion heard Everybody in that room is probably thinking exactly right. the same thing. Be confident, ask the question, be impactful if you can, get your opinion across. So you may be sitting there listening to us thinking, okay, that's great, but how do you get good at speaking at meetings or speaking anywhere for that matter? How do you get over your nervousness? 
Well, first of all, I'm going to tell you, Jamie are do- and I are doing a second session that'll be running on Friday this week, and we're going to talk a lot about that. So we're only going to talk a little bit about it this week. And if you're watching after AP Week, look in the show notes, and we'll have a link for this. where We're going to talk about getting over your fear of public speaking. But, you know, there's only one way to get over your fear of public speaking. Well, there's more than one way. But the best way, the simplest way, is simply to do it. You agree, Jamie? Oh, 100%. You know, it's... You know, when you, when you were riding a bike for the first time and they took your stabilizers off, you've got to be allowed to do it. The only way to face your fear is to get on and do it. Yep. Okay. So let's now talk a little bit about elevator pitches. And in our world, for the most part, when I'm talking about elevator pitches, and I'm going to use that word over and over again, I really mean networking pitches because we're most of us, we're not selling anything except maybe, you know, our services or our abilities. So you might be sitting there and you're thinking, okay, yeah, sure, I don't need one. Let me give you a few examples of why you might need an elevator pitch and why you should prepare. So let's say you meet the CFO in the elevator and he or she says, well, what do you do? This may be your only chance to make an impression. So make that a big, good impression and have your elevator pitch prepared ahead of time. Or you may be at an industry event, like Jamie's APA conference that's coming up, and you meet a controller or a CFO from another company, perhaps one that you'd like to work for, and he or she says, what do you do? Or you may be at a party, you may be at your kid's soccer game, something like that, and you're talking to the parents standing next to you, who, as it turns out, happens to be executive at another company one you would like to work for, and he or she says, what do you do? You want to be ready, okay? You want to have something pithy, short, and meaningful, and we're going to give you some tips on how to do that, okay? And by the way, experts estimate that 70% of all jobs are found through networking, and your networking starts with your elevator pitch. I have to tell you, Jamie and I became colleagues and friends through, through networking, And I'm going to be honest, it was mostly him because he's much better than I am. (laughs) So I've got a quick definition for you here of elevator pitches. What is an elevator pitch? It's a short introduction of yourself and what you do delivered in a way that will make you memorable. Hence, the inclusion of a fun fact, if you possibly have one. It should be between 30 and 60 seconds long. Okay, and the experts now are saying 30. And since most people can speak at about 100 words a minute, Your elevator pitch should be somewhere between 50 and 100 words, because remember, short and memorable. And by the way, our attention pans are getting shorter and shorter. So 30 seconds seems to be the popular recommendation. Do you agree, Jamie? Oh, absolutely. 30 seconds, 45 max. Yeah. Okay. All right. So remember, we're talking about networking pitches for most of us. And let's, let's get some tips. So I thought I'd start off by sharing some great ones for some people I know. And then I'm going to put Jamie on the spot and ask him for his. <laughs> so Deborah Thomas does some speaking for me, and she talks about soft skills. And her elevator pitch is so short. She says she talks about soft skills because life is too short to not know what to do. So that's great. Now, my friend Bill Jelen 
He first of all, he goes by the nickname Mr. Excel, and he's got a website, MrExcel.com, which I think is probably the greatest elevator pitch of all time. You know right away what he was, what he does. And he says Mr. Excel was launched by Bill Jelen in 1998. When you need Microsoft Excel help, whether it's solving an Excel emergency or simplifying a task, Mr. Excel is there. For the longer version, he includes a fun fact, including once he won $1,000 for stopping an electric fan with his tongue at a local stupid human tricks competition. And all I'm going to say about that is I agree with their, their nomenclature for the competition. But you'll remember. So I, I thought, let me try and make up one for an accounts payable person, because hopefully, you know, many of us probably, you know, are not in that same competition with Bill. So, and I've made this up. There is no Mary Jones. I'm Mary Jones, AP manager for XYZ Company. In addition to the traditional AP work, I often liaise for my company with our automation solution provider and sometimes provide suggestions for product improvements. I've been in AP for a total of 17 years and was recently named a top 100 AP influencer by the AP Association. So, Jamie, can I ask you yours? Well, Mary, you know what? Um, I don't think I'll be able to live up to Mr. Excel. That's the worry. Um, but, you know, mine's very, very simple. I always start with, I have the best job in the world. I'm the founder and CEO of the Accounts Pub Association. The community is at the heart of everything we do to help AP professionals learn, develop, and progress with a global reach of in excess of 50,000 social members. So I think... What stands out to me after I hear that is I have the best job in the world. That certainly creates attention, will make you remember, and 50,000. So a number, because, you know, we're numbers people. I don't have such a, as a great one as Jamie. I'm going to tell you that. I'm the founder of AP Now, the place where we curate the latest business intelligence for those who work in, manage, or have responsibility for the AP function. AP Now has over 300 videos on its U AP Now YouTube channel. I like Jamie's better. I got to tell you, Jamie. <laughs> the, the issue is I don't have the name Mary Schaefer, so I have to, <laughs> I have to, I have to allude a little bit. But no, look, yours is exceptional as 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 you know. But I like that I have the best job in the world. That immediately captures your attention. Absolutely. Did you come up with that on your own? Yeah, of course, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's let's talk. I like to say prepare in advance. Don't think you'll be brilliant on the fly, because I got to tell you from purpose, personal experience, you won't be. Don't take yeah. that as an insult. You agree, Jamie? Oh, look, you know that I do do a lot of things on the fly, but actually, you know, preparation is key. If you've at least thought about it, whether you document it or put it down, but think about it, prepare wherever you possibly can. And that, again, remember, I have the best job in the world. If you really feel that way, you might borrow that from Jamie. It's copyrighted, but carry on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Remember, 30 to 60 seconds um, to capture someone's attention and make it uh, memorable. Do you have any thoughts on making it longer, Jamie? No, you know what? It, it depends, Mary. It depends. If you, you think of it in an elevator, you're in, you know, you press floor 10, you're going up in a lift. In the UK, we've got max of 20. In the US, you might have 100. Yeah. You don't get that much time to speak to somebody. Make it impactful to start. If you're going over 30, 45 seconds, that person may have switched off unless you've got a delivery mechanism, short, sweet, and to the point. 
Okay, short, sweet, I like that. Okay, so you want to introduce yourself and quickly summarize your experience. I don't know about you, Jamie, but I hate it when I go to conferences and people do their bio in the beginning and they go on. I worked five years for this company, six years for this, and they, you, you agree? Oh, yeah, and, but it's, it's, it's like LinkedIn, isn't it, Mary? It's the social aspect. You know, when you meet somebody first time, if you're standing at a bar waiting for a drink, you don't go straight. I've, let me tell you my career. I was five years here, five years here. You get 10 seconds to know that person. You know, you know I'm, I'm an AP ninja. I'm an AP expert. Whatever it may well be, impact. Give that person some impact. You want to make yourself unique. You want to include something that they'll remember about you. I hope that for my little thing, you'll remember we have 300 videos on YouTube. Jamie, I still can't get past you've got the best job in the world. I think everybody will remember that. Yeah, and you're right, Mary. So you, your messaging and my messaging are the same. We're trying to leave somebody with something in their brain. And it's the bit with, I've got the best job in the world, they want to know more. Why is your job the best job in the world? That's what it's leaving that person with. Okay. So, and this one, I, I, I fall down on this one all the time. I try and catch myself, but I don't do it. Don't use jargon. No matter how much you think most people will get it, don't do it. I give talks all the time and I always talk about TNE. And I know inevitably, as soon as TNE comes out of my mouth, there's going to be a question that comes in and somebody's going to say, What is TNE? And I have to say, Oh, it's travel and entertainment. And I should be using the word expense reporting, not TNE. Do you agree about the jargon, Jamie? Yeah, absolutely, Mary. I mean, the jargon is look, we've all been in meetings and they talk total rubbish, accountants usually, CPAs, and, and in the UK. Jargon just confuses people. Be honest, truthful, to the point. Don't go through jargon busting, none of that. Okay. All right. And then, if it's appropriate, when you end, end with a question. So if you're looking for a job, you might offer to send your resume or call for a more in-depth interview. If you've talked with somebody about a particular issue and you have a checklist, a form, something that you can offer them, you want to offer that and end with the question. Jamie's last line was 50,000 members. So mm -hmm. if he was talking to a potential member, he might say, you know, do you want us to send you some information? Or knowing Jamie, he would probably reach out on LinkedIn. <laughs> and look, Mary, you know, the thing is, as you know, when you're networking with people, tell them, tell them, tell them again and tell them again. Remember, you've got to leave them something that they can remember you by so that whatever you start and finish with, is really important because that person will then engage with you. Right, right. And remember, especially if you're at a conference or some event where there are a lot of people, maybe you're at a meeting with another company, people are going to meet a number of people. They're going to meet maybe 20 or 30 people in the course of that day. And after a while, everything's going to jumble together. So you've got to be that person who stands out with the best job in the world. Absolutely. Okay. All righty. As alluded to earlier, we'll be back each day this week with a panel discussion. And on Friday, Jamie will return and we'll discuss because we want to progress, speaking on podcast webinars and at conference. And it will include some tips on getting over your fear of public speaking. And you can use those tips whether you're speaking at a conference, whether you're speaking at a meeting, a staff meeting, or maybe meeting somebody for the first time in a social situation. One of the most controversial career issues this year has revolved around quiet quitting. 
I recently did a broadcast on Can Quiet Quitting Ruin Your Career? You can watch it right now using the link that will appear momentarily on YouTube and is in the show notes below. As always, both Jamie and I appreciate your thumbs up, your subscribes, your shares, and your comments.